everybody. So it's Rachel. And I just wanted to give my usual warning that this show and just like that is a mature content show. So this discussion will have some mature content. So if that's not for you, then yeah, we have lots of other great content that you can listen to. So thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the City Girls podcast. This is where we are talking about and just like that. We are recapping episodes five and six today. And I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Jax is here. Hello, I am the officially the Louise Kierthelma because I watched the movie. And oh. I agree. Did you did you enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. I that ending is just beautiful. Chef's kiss. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I mean, you got to hand it to Ridley Scott because the man has range. I mean, do you think that he's done everything from an alien to Thelma and Louise to just last year doing House of Gucci and and he did Blade Runner? I mean, the, he's just pretty impressive. Yeah, I can't believe I went this long without watching it and pretending <laughs> that I knew it. And now it's like, oh, I see the hype is real. <laughs> good. Well, we are doing two episodes today because I was busy last week. I was at Disneyland going crazy, having so much fun. And if you notice, I have a tiny bit of a cold. Don't worry, not COVID. Colds are still a thing. <laughs> I promise I tested and tested. You're I, like, I promise I tested too many times. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, Disney looked really fun, though. I was living vicariously through you. It looked awesome. It was so fun. It was, I mean, it was a little bit of a bummer because it was very cold and, uh, and rainy, but I still had a great time. So went on 27 rides in three days. 27? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It was super fun. That's awesome. <laughs> you like did it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, don't go to, don't go alone. And I was like, it's way better alone because then you can just go on whatever you want. You don't have to worry about what other people want to do. You can, I am such a proponent of the, um, the solo activity. Like whether yeah, I've never yeah. gone on a social, on a solo vacation, more out of like a, a money thing, but like, I love going to theater alone because I want to do my own experience. I love going out to eat alone because yeah, I like yeah. my own experience. I, I love other people too, but it's great to just be able to do what exactly what you want to do. Yeah. It's so, it's so much fun. It's great. I mean, I like traveling with other people too, but especially Disneyland, I think is especially fun for solo travel. So anyway, it was a lot of fun, but here we're talking about two episodes, episode five, episode six, we're, we're actually, we're over the hump. We're, we're heading towards the finish line. Can you believe it? Uh, no, cause I feel like we just started and I can't believe there are only 10 episodes. I mean, it makes sense. And I think they're having a good arc, but yeah, I can't believe we're already halfway done. Yeah. It's really interesting because when I asked you about this episode, the first episode, episode five, tragically hip you were like, I don't think you're going to like it. <laughs> and I like, yeah, I really didn't like it. I, I mean, gosh, did, I guess my, my thoughts on this episode is just, 
what did they think we're watching the show for? Did they really think we're watching the show to see Carrie as basically like an old woman wetting the bed? Like what? And, and I, I, I just feel like is, is, uh, Charlotte is the only redeemable character right now. She's the only reason to watch the show. She's by far the best character. And I don't know if I had ever really realized that with, with sex in the city, but she's by far the most empathetic, the most interesting, the most well-rounded. She's like the best friend by far. Um, and you know, just like she's flawed. She's interesting. She's a real person. You know, I love that you said that she's the best friend by far, because I think that is becoming really evident in five and six. I noticed that throughout both is that she is really able to have her own interesting life where things are going on and problems that she does share with her friends. But she's really good at being there for them without centering herself entirely in the experience and making their experiences about them. She does a little, little in episode six where she's like, why, why does everyone need to change? Um, it's like, well, why don't you change? But I like that there's still so much Charlotte to Charlotte, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, she she's not perfect. She struggles. But I don't know. I just think that she's by far the most like empathetic and understanding and she's trying to change, but it's, it's a lot all at once. And, um, but it starts out with, I mean, first of all, in not that I should be talking about anyone's fashion. I'm in like sick year wear today, but the, I mean, Carrie, the fashion in this episode, episode five was terrible. Like granted she's in a hospital bed a lot of the time, but even when she's not, like they keep putting Sarah Jessica Parker in these super tight uh, ponytails slash braids. And it is so unflattering on her. Like, I mean, you can have a ponytail. It doesn't have to be like, you know, on your, on your head. It looks painful to me. So I agree. And I'm thinking it must be some sort of choice that I don't understand because it does look so aggressive. Like she has the most gorgeous hair and when it's down and flowing, and I'm not saying we can't have her look messy or in a casual ponytail, but those don't look casual. They look purposeful and as you said, painful. Yeah. And so she had, she started out with a braid with this really frumpy pink dress. And then she's using her umbrella as a cane to get up the stairs. And, you know, the SEMA tells her she needs to get treated because obviously like this would be alarming. <laughs> like what? Like, you're like, cause yeah. Can you like- imagine if I was over at your house and, and, and like, you were using a cane, like an umbrella for a cane looking this way. I mean, it just, you'd be alarmed. I would be upset. I would be like, Jax, we need to get you help. Like, like can we, can we workshop why this is happening? Like, I've never seen you like this. Yeah. I, I agree. I didn't even feel like it was a hot take that she had to go to the hospital. She was like, this is normal. Right. And it's like, 
Well, no, we age or we all have things that happen. I'm not someone also, when you're talking about like, who am I to say, I'm, who am I to say about people not going to the doctor? Cause I am guilty as charged of not going a lot when I probably should, but clearly can't move. it <laughs> can't move. <laughs> what? Can't move. Although what I will say about the dress that you're referring to that it does look old lady-ish. I could see how people could say frumpy. I actually liked this dress though. I thought that it evoked old lady chic, but like there was a little bit of cleavage. And I actually thought this is probably my pandemic brain talking. I was like, what a beautiful like house dress. we're talking about she doesn't wear house dresses like what and actually she wore that she wears heels until she can't well and then she she shows up in another ponytail with this uh with fabric in her hair and this is a rainbow top that she had on which was i guess a little better but i still i just not feeling that ponytail look for sjp yeah and I I'm surprised SJP is feeling that for her executive producer on this who can control everything. Like, you know, I mean, I, that's the thing. She has a ton of control in the development of this character, the show, of course. So I think sometimes actors get this sort of like the brunt of what the costumer or what hair makeup does and most actors have to roll with it because we're not you know the executive producer or producer of the project that we're in but like you said this is sjp like she's running the darn show so yeah you really feel the loss of kirsten fields i i think we have definitely sensed that this season and because you know she's on emily in paris (laughs) they're getting all that fashion over there yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, so Miranda is drinking and uh, then Charlotte sends Miranda a book about qu- how to quit drinking. And she says, oh, well, she Amazon me. And I'm like, yeah, because she's a good friend. She cares about you. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. She got her to throw out the alcohol and got her to start, start you know, drinking non-alcoholic things. And so I'm like, yeah, point for Charlotte. Oh, I had a question about that. I thought, okay, she thinks it's from Charlotte. But then I thought when she went through her purchases, she realized she ordered it when she was drunk. Oh, you're right. There was that scene. But I don't know if that's true or not. Actually, someone tell us, because I went back and forth on this to the point where I actually watched this episode twice because we had a space in between this. First time I watched this, when it aired episode five, I was like, oh, Charlotte did that. And then I was like, wait, when she was making that fancy cocktail, did she discover on her Amazon that she had ordered it or just that it had been sent to her? I still, I was unsure about that, the way that all rolled out. Yeah, that might be true. I was thinking that it was that I don't know if she just saw the 
the the receipt that she received it maybe yeah. but i don't know if she saw that she ordered it i i'm not sure yeah if you're if you are a listing and you got more of that let us know because i didn't have that in my notes but yeah. um <clears throat> if she amazoned her then in my opinion that was a nice thing to do i mean yeah maybe she should like have a confrontation or whatever but and this might that might not be as effective as like subtly sending her a book i don't know i can see the i can see the approach you know so if someone sends you something that gives you a minute longer than a minute however long you need to sit with that and maybe not know necessarily who it came from maybe it didn't say but she knows it's charlotte if it's anyone charlotte but it gives you a minute to sit with it rather than feel like you're sitting down for an intervention. So I agree with you. I think it's actually a, a kind thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So basically Carrie needs help going to the bathroom uh, with her. She has a surgery and then she needs help going to the bathroom. I did think it was kind of funny that, uh, that Carrie has like four strands of pearls in her hospital bed. <laughs> That to me felt very her. I like that. Yeah. Uh, And uh, she's in a a very, before that, she's in a very weird shirt. It's like a cream shirt with like this large fringe. And that's, then she has her hair in a bun, but still that super slick look. (laughs) Braid, ponytail, and bun. (laughs) In one episode. You know what it reminds me of? Um, I never did this, but uh, I had friends who were competition cheerleaders and for competitions, they would have to wear their hair super slick back and then they would take gel and they would slick it over it too to look even more yeah. slick back. And I can't, I think of competition cheerleading when I see True. her. She's got like gymnastics hair. <laughs> yes. Like what? <laughs> And those kind of ponytails, they give you a headache, migraine. Yeah, they do. And she's got enough going on. So why is she not just like a loose scrunchie or her hair down? Like give the woman a break. Yeah. And so um, Miranda says that she's feeling trapped at her law firm, that she was feeling trapped at her law firm. So she quit because life is short. And so she has this kind of conversation with Che and uh and then uh they meet up with anthony anthony gets prince boner to <laughs> carry her in <laughs> hot fellas truck um, and they go in the uh the truck to to drop her off and i actually this sounds weird but i actually thought that charlotte's outfit in that scene was the best of the whole episode which was a, it was a very short scene but it was, she had on a black kind of ruffly t uh, short sleeve um top with a um black and white skirt that i thought was really cute oh that top was really cute yeah 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 i like the diagonal black and white stripes too it was a very it was a very cute combo so that was the best fashion moment of the episode in my opinion she's doing the podcast uh uh on remotely and she tells the story of Samantha pulling her diaphragm out. And that gets like a, a big laugh. I still think this podcast sounds so terrible. I hate it. 
I have a question for you. Um, how did you feel about how all the Samantha stuff played out in this episode? One with her revealing the diaphragm story and, and Samantha's first and last name. And then two with the texting later on. I couldn't tell. I don't know how I feel. Like, like I, I don't know. I think it's kind of weird that supposedly they're on sort of a chummy enough basis to be like, Oh, I told the story. Hi, blah, 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 blah. And then like, I miss you nothing. Like that doesn't really make sense. Yeah. And it almost is difficult for me because this has obviously become, it is, it was a cultural movement it's more than just a show it's this whole thing right and not only do we know the show so well sex in the city og but we also know all of the real life drama that is taking place behind the scenes i mean we actually we don't know what we don't know but we know what's been yeah. out there with with everything and it almost feels like are they like legitimately doing some like art imitates life life imitates art like trolling yeah there's definitely some kim control trolling going on here for sure but i don't know i mean it was a tough situation that they were in but i kind of feel like they should have just sort of left it alone after uh they uh you know they kind of had they should have just said something in the pilot and then just moved on in my opinion But we also have, so uh, Harry and Charlotte find out that Rose tells everybody at school to call her Rock. And the school is, you know, very accommodating to that. And they're using the, you know, the, uh, they, them pronouns and everything. And, and uh, you know, this is just, is a challenge for Harry and for Charlotte. Uh, and I can understand that. I mean, like, of course you want to be supportive, but you also want to make sure that you're, you, you know, that she's making the, that, that this really, there's not really, there's no societal pressure to make the decisions that she's making. You know what I'm saying? And I, I the only thing that I really didn't quite get in both episodes with all of this is that they don't really talk to rose slash rock about it they at all they don't really get her perspective and i feel like if if you were a parent that's the first thing that you would do is you would have a conversation with your child to find out okay like where is this coming from what is it you know how do you feel you know what do you what do you want from us what do you want us to do how can we support you all that stuff i feel like they're all they're having all these conversations with people at school and whatever, but not with their daughter, their, their child. I think that's a really good point in the fact that it's such a great opportunity for them to sit down with Rock and to say, okay, is this something that even really basic questions, like, is this something that you're excited about and you feel good and you feel like yourself when you're rock? And then even questions like, well, are you stressed out? Does this make you nervous? Like what, what about this? Because if you think about it, this is an, 
a real massive identity shift that Rock is undergoing or has been thinking about. Where are we in that journey for this character of, I think usually before you get to a triumphant place with it, you get, it's low and you're feeling mm -hmm. like I'm not myself. And I don't want to speak out of turn because I've not, I've not had this in my life, but friends that I've had who have gone through this go through a lot of difficult things on the journey before then getting to the, oh, okay, this makes sense. And it's like, they're not even in these conversations, but I will say Rachel a moment that I loved was on the Zoom when she found out and they're like, we love rock in the play. And it's all these rich moms who are being so supportive. And it's it's like kind of cute and funny. And everyone just like freezes on the Zoom. And it was hilarious the way they chose to yeah. roll that information out. I enjoyed that. I remember when, uh, way back when uh, Chaz Bono uh, came out and when uh, I, I think it was maybe on Oprah. I can't remember. But anyway, I remember hearing Cher talk about it and saying that like that she missed her daughter, you know, that she was supportive, of course, but like she even missed the sound of her voice. And obviously you're accepting, but like you have to, I, I thought that I always, I've always remembered that, that she missed the sound of her daughter's voice. And like, I think that, that of course you have to accept people for who they are but that doesn't mean that you don't there's not a you know transition for everyone yeah I think that's a really good point too of even just with the name if we're taking all the identity stuff out of it which we can't and shouldn't separate it but just for the purpose of this conversation even saying her name is something that has always been associated with that's my little girl rose she chose this name like yeah. it's this whole thing and also it's connected to you know charlotte everything is way it is it's like her other daughter's name is lily they're flowers you yeah, know yeah. It's this whole thing and as you're saying i love that you brought up the thing about Cher. It's not that you don't want someone to be either who they want to be or who they authentically have felt like they are inside, but that doesn't mean that you won't miss all sorts of aspects while getting to know new parts of them. And I think yeah. that that's a really important thing to think about. Yeah. And uh, so then we have, uh, we have uh, them helping, they're supposed to be helping Carrie to be able to go to the bathroom because of her injury. And so Miranda's the worst. Like she is a terrible friend. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. I, like you should be there in the room with your friend and you should, I mean, obviously you're going to take little bits back and forth, but she was like out of the room for a long time enough that, and she didn't even notice the fact that her friend was like calling out for her and like peeing in a bottle because she couldn't move. Like, what? In a diet peach Snapple bottle, no less, which actually is one of my preferred drinks of choice. So I love the Carrie specifically shout that out because 
It is so good. I usually don't need like diet drinks, but Diet Peach Snapple is so good. They're not a sponsor of the City Girls pod, but if they were. <laughs> yeah, well, there was also a really weird product placement in this uh, episode with the Salon Paws. Never in my life did I think Salon Paws would get a, a shout out on uh, Sex in the City. Like, like what? But... <laughs> Um, it's a journey. It's a journey looking for these things. We're like, oh, okay, that's centered in the chat. All right. So, Che comes over to help Carrie, and uh, they start talking uh, with Miranda, and basically they end up having sex. And the thing about it that I don't buy, I guess, is that she's literally what seen Miranda twice three times maybe um and all in public settings and except for the I guess semi-public with the um shotgun and I just don't feel like they did a good job of kind of building up to this point I feel like there would be other steps before like she shotgunned me to we're having sex in the kitchen like especially somebody that well, is married rude, Rachel. I know, I guess I am. I mean, <laughs> what do I know? But I mean, I just feel like there would have been like, they would have had a meal together or something. I mean, she's had, she's had more, I feel like intimate moments with Naya, the professor than with Shay. And I feel like it's not very responsible of either of them to, I don't know to do this and it's I mean these are grown adults these are not like they're not in college you know I okay so here's I was trying to break this down how I felt about this because it was like weirdly complicated in the sense that um if we were cultivating a true romance with and I'm talking like a romance a relationship that was tender and loving and interesting and exploratory with Miranda and a female or uh, someone that's not Steve. Someone that's not Steve. Um, I think Naya, who does actually seem to be quite happy with her husband. So it's that it doesn't make as much sense to me now because we see in six that even though there's stuff going on with Naya, they've got a good thing going. But I see that more agreed, that spark with Naya. The thing about the Che thing for me is I feel like Che, based on the stand-up that we saw Che do a couple of episodes ago, <laughs> I feel like Che almost looks at sex like a public service or something that you would hold the door open for someone or be like, are you okay? Whatever. Or a hug. That's how Che looks at sex. Uh, I think Miranda, that's where I don't see why Miranda would be doing this with Che unless it feels safe because there's some distance. But above all, what I do feel like is super disrespectful is the fact that they are in Carrie's home. Like you're saying, there's, Miranda's supposed to be taking care of her and Che's her boss. Like, I, that is where 
other stuff I look at it and I say this is complicated or I look at it like this or you know you come at it from all different angles and it's it is it could be exciting it could be sexy all these things sure but at the end of the day they're really doing carry dirty here on multiple levels being bad friends and just being really selfish and you know she she kind of she finally tells she finally tells Carrie that she's not happy uh that she's not happy in her marriage not happy in her life and I feel a little bit like it would have been nice to have gotten a tiny bit of Steve's perspective in all of this you know that because he was a character that we we grew to you know love and was a popular character that you know he's just completely oblivious evidently has no idea uh, I mean it would be nice to have some kind of conversation or get his perspective a little bit but I don't know I just didn't buy the whole scene I didn't buy that they would do that I didn't buy that uh, I mean that is I don't think that they have any chemistry and it's because it they haven't built up to it well they haven't uh you know like even if obviously i don't ever want people cheating on their spouses but like if you're going to do it it needs to be kind of a slow drip you know where it's just like boom and they have not done that here and maybe they just feel like oh we only have 10 episodes so we can't but uh but it didn't work for me at all and and i agree i just felt bad for carrie that like she's having to listen to this in her house well, she pees while she's trying to pee, and then and then she and then it was it actually really was sad when she. It's funny, but it's sad when she spills all that pee in that bed because you just see her, like, what is my life? You know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't blame her. How everybody would feel that way? <laughs> like what? Like, oh my gosh! I will say is that in the scene that follows where Miranda does say how unhappy she is. And I think Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Jessica Parker are both really, really good in this scene. And I see that you do see the foundational things about why their relationship works. They're actually best friends and that these two actors are incredibly skilled. But I think you could see that exist in like a scene study that is like completely outside of this world, just because they're, you know, they're rock stars in that scene. But it doesn't, that's not built from the scenes beforehand, if that makes yeah, sense. Agreed. You know? Yeah. And so then we have uh, the Miranda thro- throws out all the booze in that, and that's after that. And uh, we uh, we have Carrie in pink and black plaid pants with a blue jacket. And then Charlotte has this uh, purple shirt and green cardigan, which I thought was cute on her. And she says, every time I open my mouth, I want to say Rose, not rock. So it's a transition. She's got it. Uh, she's got to, uh, you know, transition, <laughs> figure it out. I, I, I feel like that's very understandable. And, and she was so much better in helping Carrie. I mean, night and day. She made the schedule. Like yeah, yeah, she, she followed through. She's, I mean, she's, you know, you can count on Charlotte. Is she going to be maybe a little annoying or insensitive to, sometimes? 
Sure, but like everyone, she's human and she will be there for you in the best way that she knows how to show up. And I think we see more and more as the episodes go on, she's really showing up for her friends. Yeah. 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 And uh, then I think it was Carrie who says a rose by any other name would smell sweet, which was very, very sweet. Yeah. I love that. I think yeah. that was really cute. And then I did laugh when Carrie goes to physical therapy and her physical therapist, Travis, <laughs> that's very dreamy. Our, our girl does not care that she's paying out of pocket for Travis. <laughs> yeah. Like, it does not matter. She's like, I got money. I want to get back in heels and I want to look at this hot man while I'm doing it. And yeah, because he's wearing the the Birkenstocks, the you know, sandals. <laughs> Those are only shoes with the, without heels. So and we see her after three months in a sparkly dress. So yeah. Um, did you have a favorite look of the episode? I mean, honestly, the the last look. Yeah. The, when she and she's back in her heels she's back in her closet not only does she look fabulous but it is a moment of actual triumph for Carrie that is well earned because we we've, we've like seen her at her low yeah we'd like to take a second from this episode of the podcast to celebrate our sponsor of this episode and that is the Hallmarkies Patreon do you love Hallmarkies podcast do you want an inside scoop into what happens on the podcast? Do you want early access to episodes and loads of cool perks? Now is the time to become a patron of Hallmarkies Podcast. By becoming a patron, you get to access our patron Facebook group. You can request episodes or even be a guest on the podcast. And most importantly, any patron can join our monthly movie watch-alongs with stars like Paul Campbell. Natalie Hall, and more. It's as low as $2 a month to join in and become a special part of the Hallmarkies family. Please consider, and we will love you forever. Go to patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. That's patreon.com slash Hallmarkies. All right, next episode we're talking about is called Diwali. And this is Carrie's giant leap for her for future for her future self helps her embrace the past while confession from Miranda shocks Charlotte. Also, Anthony asks Carrie for a favor. And this episode actually was directed by Cynthia Nixon, which I think is interesting. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So this episode, we start out with uh, her, with Carrie looking for an apartment with Anthony and Seema. And she's got this like brown suit on uh, and with blue shirt. And she loves that like chunky jewelry, you know, Carrie, of course. And uh, I thought it was kind of funny because all three of them were all wearing all brown. Yeah. <laughs> <Just like. laughs> but um, but uh, she says, oh, well, I signed the papers, even though I don't love the apartment. And that, I mean, it was a beautiful apartment, but that beeping noise I was getting annoyed and I'm just watching the episode, not living in it. Uh, 100%. So I just moved into a new apartment like three months ago, maybe a little longer. And our refrigerator makes that beeping sound. And I kept, as I was watching the episode, thinking it was a refrigerator. And I was like, 
I, I wasn't at the refrigerator, even though I knew I'm watching this. Yeah, it would drive a human bonkers. And of course, Carrie felt like she was going nuts. And also the fact that they couldn't help her. She calls in this apartment already feels so like sterile and cold and impersonal. And she's lived all these places where okay, the fancy, fancy building she lived in with Big with the doorman and that's like super high luxury, that whole thing. And then she has her great apartment that is still in a great part of the city and a little bit cozier and nice. And then she moves to this place that feels completely devoid of any personality or of any care of someone actually being able to come fix that problem for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it, it just, she's trying to kind of deal with the loneliness by actually making herself more lonely. And uh, so I think that's part of the the problem. And I mean, just all of this moving that stresses me out. I hate moving so much. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst. <laughs> Especially in, in, she's having all these major life changes and all of that compounding on each other, I can imagine is good for her and her grief. I mean, maybe some of it's necessary, but it just seems like a lot. Like when she sees the records, Big's records. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, my heart. <laughs> yeah. And that it made for a very good ending, though, when she plays the record. It, it was did. really good because she's yeah. progressing. Um, and then. We also have uh, Charlotte. I thought, again, her fashion was really solid. She has this red pencil skirt with this flower shirt, which I thought was very pretty. And this whole scene with the, about the Madame Alexander dolls made me die because I have, if you came into my bedroom, I have on one of my dressers, I have my whole set of Madame Alexander dolls. No, are you serious? That's amazing. <laughs> yes. You legit have a whole set up? I do. I have like 19 of, uh, I don't have all of the international ones, but I do have several. I have, uh, I think Poland and India. Yeah. <laughs> you are Charlotte. Like you are, I mean, I've heard of these dolls. I, I, if you were to ask me what I thought of them, I would say they seem great, but the fact that you have a Madame Alexander doll collection is makes me so happy they're very special to me because my grandma had a big collection i was very close with my grandmother and uh i of course i wanted to be anything like my grandma and do everything like my grandma and uh and when i was i think eight seven or eight uh we were at fa schwartz in san francisco because my grandma was in the bay area she lived in the bay area and there was a um a snow white one which i still have to this day and, uh, uh, and I, you know, I said, oh, I really want it really bad. And, uh, and she said, I don't think you can take care of it. And I was just like, so offended. <laughs> I said, I promise I'll take care of that's all. And, uh, so I, I did, and I was very careful about it. And, and I had, uh, so I have some that she gave me, she gave me about uh, probably six or seven which of course I treasure and then others that I, you know, got along the years. And, uh, she, um, she particularly had a whole like Scarlett O'Hara collection. So I have a bunch of gone with the wind dolls <laughs> and, uh, 
And one time my little cousin, who was probably three or four, she got to my Poland doll and she undid the braids and which is like death, like it ruins the whole doll. And I, because it was really important to me to like, take care of these dolls. I had made the promise to my grandma that I would. And, uh, and I was so furious and I, I was, and, and my aunt, because my aunt didn't understand that this was like, that I made this promise to my grandma and this was really important to me. So my aunt just like brushed it off like oh you know kids will be kids kind of in a thing and I was so I was so angry at her for literally like years I was like how dare you and uh I I finally just bought a new one <laughs> and uh but but yeah I love the can I, a, can I ask a question about that what was it about the going back to the snow white one what was it about the Snow White one that your grandma was like, I trust you with the others, but I don't think you oh, can no, take No, she hadn't Snow given White. me any at that point. Oh, okay. That yeah, was so this first. was the first. Okay. And then once she saw that I could take care of them, then she gave me some. Oh, okay. Yeah, I and then others that. I bought myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and <laughs> like the other ones, fine. Snow White. I don't think you're up to it, Rachel. So I would, I would. Be, I, I'm on Charlotte's side with this. <laughs> They're so cute, and uh, <laughs> but I do think that probably the the uh, girls' room needed transition from a uh, or her children's room, I should say, needed to transition from a you know more of a nursery kind of almost environment to a more older environment, and so that was probably a long time coming. But yeah, you know, I, easy on the dolls here. <laughs> Honestly, I, I agree with you. And I thought it, it makes a really lovely moment when, um, you know, when Charlotte says the poster up. Yes. Yeah. I think that was beautiful, but I also think the fact that it was both rock and Lily that wanted to get rid of the dolls was extra heartbreaking for Charlotte. It was like, I don't have a dog in the fight here. I was also <laughs> proud of Charlotte that she clearly saved all of the boxes because any doll collector knows you need the boxes. I have over my storage, I have boxes for every single doll. <laughs> when she was reverently placing the dolls in the boxes, were you having a moment? Yeah, you pretty were like, much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Those dolls will come back. Like either when. <laughs> either when the kids can look at them from a different perspective and think it's something that my mom loved or when they're out of the house, but they will yeah. come back. Yeah, I, th- I hope so. Hope so. Cause they're super cute, super cute. So then we get this whole scene between Miranda and Naya and uh, we find out about fertile Myrtle. <laughs> what do you think of that? I loved this scene between Miranda and I and then I thought the dinner was great between Fertile Myrtle the the two couples and then I thought the sexy scene we got with Naya and her husband was great when he was like look I've got you you don't have to be nervous uh this whole um I don't even know what it's like I was like husband award he, he was great that's yeah. true. And uh, 
Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it's, it, it's interesting because sometimes women get judged for having too many children. And then other times we judge them for not having children. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of, we're just pretty brutal on each other. I feel like, you know, that, oh, you're married, you're divorced. We're going to judge you because you're divorced. We're going to judge you because you're not married. Like, like what? <laughs> we can just, it, it is, it, it's, it, uh, yes. Like it, all the things it's, I think we need to hold space for just supporting each other. Maybe this sounds a little kumbaya, but just supporting each other, not only in the choices that we choose to make, but in the life circumstances that put us in that place. So don't assume anything about a woman or a person, but we're talking particularly about women here, I think, about what they want to do in that area and put any negativity out there. Let's just let that be because that's that person's journey. Yeah. Well, and also it's hard too, because I think if you had three children within what'll be four years, I guess, for this woman, that's all you're going to talk about. I mean, there's a certain point where it's like, can you really be friends with this person if that's a touchy subject? Because of course, if you, like your life is going to be monopolized. It's kind of like expecting someone who has triplets to not talk about the fact that they have triplets. Like, of course, that's what they're going to be talking about. It's overwhelming their life. <laughs> yeah. Well, and honestly, I think that's a good point. I actually thought that the actor played Myrtle and the way it was written was handled really well, where she was clearly excited about this pregnancy, but she also acknowledged that uh, yeah, I mean, I know I'm pregnant again. Like it wasn't surface level superficial of the fertile Myrtle character that I think I had created in my head before we saw her. She really was multidimensional, I think, in that moment. Yeah, and we totally can be as a society very, very judgmental of people that have, you know, more than two children, which is, I don't know, we just need to respect each other's choices. Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, or that, or just don't have them in your life. If you can't respect their choices, then they're not going to be friends with you. <laughs> I mean, yes. and I say that coming, I have a family of six kids. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that it's interesting with that. With, um, I only have, well, I only have three kids in my family that I have an older half sister, but like my dad is one of 10. Like, you know, it's like, they're all different sorts of um, family structures. And I think that that's her choice. If it is triggering for you, like you just kind of have to sit with that and not put the blame. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so we have Carrie and Seema that are getting ready for this Dewal celebration, which is a celebration of lights that happens in December. Uh, and uh, I thought that <clears throat> when they were in the um, in the uh, fashion store, I thought that it had my one of my favorite looks of the episode for Carrie. She had this gray. Um, uh, it was a gray skirt and then there was a gray overcoat and um 
and a gray shirt. Well, it's a gray and red and darker gray skirt. It was, oh, yeah. yeah. And then a gray top. And then she had a gray hat on and she didn't have the ponytail of death. And so that was my favorite. I, um, I'm going to show them next time we record, I'm going to have ponytail of death just for you. Um, I loved this scene where Simu was saying to her, first of all, talking to her about Diwali and she invited her the celebration and when she said um it's not cultural appropriation it's cultural appreciation and then they get to both show up in these fabulous saris to the celebration now that was the other that great look great. so good yeah, yeah they looked at her and i really liked her hair at the uh, at the actual event with the flowers it was a braid but it was a little bit looser braid wasn't like and uh and then it had flowers all over the top which looked good yeah we still had something to like distract us from that it was all and she looked good like yeah she and Seema were rocking it in their saris and the fact that also they had to have this very uncomfortable conversation with Seema's parents who you know you're talking about life choices for women and 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 judgment they're really on her case for being 52 and unmarried right yeah they've basically given up which is kind of sad <laughs> but i mean maybe that's better for sima bother her as much but i don't know uh been a fake boyfriend yeah that's true this is a hallmark movie waiting to happen <clears throat> um, I like when she's like, I made him white so they wouldn't be too upset when we broke up. I loved that line. That was good. That was good. And I like Seema. She's a fun character. She's good. Uh, so then, uh, then Anthony talks to Carrie and says, We have that. We had these his and his faceless appointments with Stanford. And uh, will you come with me? And so then Carrie goes and we get Jonathan Groff, which was awesome. Hilarious. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> so did I. Yeah. <laughs> After just seeing him in Matrix Resurrections, which was terrible and I hated, it's nice to see him in this. And he's the plastic surgeon and uh, he tells Anthony, you're hot a little Botox is all that's needed but then he looks at Carrie and he's pretty harsh mother nature and Instagram are much harder on women which is which is accurate no doubt about it yeah and he has this <laughs> moment when he's pulling up the whole thing with her face where I was just like I feel like I'm living in the future not necessarily my future I mean but it looks so like tech oriented that it felt like all that stuff exists to be done I just the the simulation on her face rather than just talking through it felt a little bit like we were living in the Jetsons time or something yeah it was definitely interesting and and so it made Carrie start thinking about it uh, you'd get a half lift evidently 
Uh, and she had, a, I thought, a weird outfit in that scene as well. She has a black top with these gray suspenders, which I thought was strange, uh, and red pants. Um, so then she meets with Miranda and Charlotte to talk about it. And then Charlotte had a pretty good outfit in that scene as well, a red floral shirt. And um, Miranda, I don't know what they were dressing her in in that scene. She had like two different kinds of black and white plaids. Like skirt with one plaid and then the top. And I've seen people do that, but it did not work. She's like, look, I'm acting in and directing this episode. I, I can put me in whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then they're drinking the non-alcoholic bubbly. And we find out that I guess her solution to not drinking is to self-pleasure is that a fair word <laughs> like yeah. well they have this demonetized i hope not yeah. um yeah. and she's just obsessing about shay and she tells that to charlotte and charlotte's obviously upset about it and like what what are you doing like i don't know i was just totally with charlotte like what is happening this is just not like it's not behavior that like if she decides that she is attracted to Shay and she wants to have a relationship with her. Like, this is just not the way to go about it. Well, I thought what was really important and to your point about Charlotte being a good friend and being open to things is that when they're talking about it, it's just a fantasy of who are you attracted to and it's a fun thing. Yeah. Charlotte talking about Shay is like, oh, I've dreamed about Shay too. And oh yeah, I see what you mean. Being the total best hype girl in supporting Miranda and that. Right. It's not until it transitions into, as to your point of infidelity within her marriage and not being honest with Steve that Charlotte voices her concerns. And yeah, I there's no really, scenario yeah. where this ends well for Miranda. It's just not. Like, even if, like, say, she, she was to break up with Steve and ended up in a relation like that whole thing is like massive trauma and like that's a, a, an extreme unlikelihood that that's what's going to happen because like oh you said about Shay I don't see her as the type that's like dying to to settle down with Miranda I don't think that's a thing and so this is not not going to end well and I think that it is responsible of the friends to be like both Carrie and Charlotte have both said, like, what are you doing? And when you said earlier how you'd like to get Steve's perspective, it is something I'm craving too, because we do really like that character. And I think it could be really interesting. Like, and maybe we'll see in episode seven. Is there a conversation about opening up their marriage that actually, like, makes it work for them well well charlotte's right on with that as well because she says it's not a judgment it's a surprise you are not progressive enough for this so she knows that that like what you're saying is not really an option that's not going to happen and so that's a really good point mess yeah um and so then Carrie, this is when we see them in the Diwali outfits and they looked gorgeous. And she asks Seema, are you happy alone? Uh, and um, Seema gives her a bracelet, 
which is a Hindu custom reminder of your strength. That was very sweet. Yeah. And this had very sex in the city vibes to me of like why we like this show is because we are seeing these true friendships, these bonds between these women as they struggle, all the highs and lows, and then a lot about self-discovery. So I, I did think there was a lot in this episode that I really, really liked. Yeah, and this that- felt like, okay, they understand what show it is, whereas episode five did not. Like, Sex in the City is not a pee in the jar show. Like, that's not what this is. What? <laughs> Can that actually be like your review of that episode and like i'm gonna add it to ron tomatoes immediately sex in the city is not a pee in the jar kind of show like yeah i no that's we're not watching breaking bad here like what on earth (laughs) yeah this was way better uh, yeah. So she's now moved again, moved back to her, uh, to the apartment. It was Big's apartment, right? Or is that okay. her apartment? So I, that was another track. question I had uh, for you. I think it's, I think it's her old. The her that has the blue, blue flowers. And all the books. It's like cozy. Yeah. The blue flowers in the closet, uh, the wallpaper. Yes. Um, I, I can remember which one it was. But anyway, she's back into her own space and she's playing the record. And I thought that was really sweet and very touching. And yeah. And man, it, what a, a ride with, with grief. And I think yeah. that we get to see that without it bogging the show down. I actually think they're doing a really good job of acknowledging that. Yeah. And yeah. grief not being linear and, and just like, you never know when it will sort of like. That's the thing with grief is that at least in my lim- somewhat limited experience, thankfully, um, I would think when I lost my grandpa, my grandpa, I've lost all my grandparents now, but particularly my, uh, uh, well, both the grandma that got me the dolls, I was very close with. And then also my other grandpa and excuse me. And I would think I was kind of like over it. And then I would see, you know, see something like a doll or whatever. And then I feel it all over again. And I can only imagine that's a million times more. So when it's your spouse or a child or something like that. Yeah. They really did capture that. And when you see, and that's why Sarah Jessica Parker is so gifted to you see her look in that book and it's exactly what you said she thought she was fine and then something sneaky like you're saying happens that you realize you're right there again you know yeah so then we get her coming out in red red dress with flowers and pearls and wearing big's jacket which was very sweet yeah and i even liked I feel like there was something about the end of this episode that felt very triumphant, even with the, the, I can see clearly now the rain is over the credits. It felt very cinematic. It felt, um, it's like an 
a, a piece of art that was really well done. Like this is a really good episode of the show. Yeah, I think this one was really solid. So uh, did you have a favorite look? I think my favorite look for this one was actually seeing uh, Carrie and Seema together in their saris. I thought it was a cool moment. And they both looked, I want to be respectful in saying this because I know it's a religious celebration, but I think they both looked very sexy and beautiful. And I thought that that was really cool that Seema invited her to be a part of her religion and her culture in that way. And that um, Carrie was ready to embrace it. And it, it was, yeah. And also yeah, they looked gorgeous. Yeah. And Carrie was in more of just like a dress with those same fabrics. And then Seema was in the sari. And so I thought that was, you know, appropriate. Like people, uh, you can, you can find it like cultural appropriation, like is her own look. Um, and I liked how like she had the braid and the flowers all in her hair and then the flowers in each part of the braid going down. That looked really cool. So way to go hairstylist. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but there we go. That's these two episodes. Let us know what you thought of them. If you liked the ponytails of death, let us know. <laughs> if we're just small-minded when it comes to hairstyles. I don't know. But uh, what, whatever you thought of all of the things so that happened. All the competition cheerleaders and gymnasts out being like, we yeah. love them. Uh, yeah so put in the comments section also i will include my blog post that i did on my mental alexander doll collection so you can see it because <laughs> it's very special to me i'll put a link to that two in photos the... in it too? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh I'll... that's really cool yeah yeah i'll uh, i'll put it in the uh, description so people can check out my my uh, culturally inappropriate <laughs> doll collection <laughs> So, um, yeah, let us know what you think. And Jax, how can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jacqueline C tweets and on Instagram at Jacqueline Collier. You can find me at Rachel's reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. Sure. We started a Twitter city girls pod, uh, and we're going to be hopefully posting to that and uh, keeping that active. So follow us there. We'll have the link in the description and yeah, make sure you're following Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews five stars. It helps us so much, especially with this new show. We would really appreciate it. And uh, if you are watching on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group and merch store. And uh, so please take a look at that. And uh, this is always so much fun. We will be back next week for episode seven. And uh, we'll talk to y'all later. Bye, everyone. Bye.